Welcome, you are listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams, here with my friend and Pastor Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new here, welcome. We release a new episode every Wednesday, and we'd love for you to subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening on today. Uh, and also share this with a friend or uh, a, an enemy. It doesn't really matter if you like them <laughs> or not. You don't have to like them, but you should share it. Uh, <laughs> but you could do that on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And also please rate and review every week on Apple Podcast. A few extra minutes helps us get this in the hands of more leaders just like you. And we see that happening all the time, and we are grateful for it. So keep doing that and visit leadinghope.online to get updates and find out more about the Leading Hope community. Oh, man, Kevin. Uh, I don't know how we want to set this up, but we just came out of a series. Done with imposter, imposter syndrome. No more imposters. No, so, yep, there. it's no more syndromes. No, <laughs> no more syndromes? No more syndromes. But hey, we are starting something new over the next four weeks. Uh, yes. We've got these standalones that you have very specific subject matter you're going to cover. Yeah. Today, you've entitled this episode 105, Why You're Not Getting Buy-In. Ooh, am I intrigued. 105. Is that how we're going to go? I always like how you do like that. Episode 98. Episode Episode 105. The O. Okay. 10. Cool. That's just a 10 doesn't sound good. Yeah, it doesn't. 105. Workshop workshop it. 105. (laughs) 105 1 on the dial. So episode 105, (laughs) today we're talking about why you're not getting buy-in. And I want to take just a little bit of time at the beginning to talk about like what we're discussing when we're talking about buy-in and why it's so important. And then there is one obvious reason and only one reason as to why you're not getting buy-in. And I really do believe that, that there's one thing that it comes down to. So first off, buy-in is the shared ownership of an idea or an initiative. It is the passion for the cause or a commitment to the people around them. And uh, Church World, one of the languages we use is we say we want owners, not renters. Uh, This is true of our paid staff. This is true of our unpaid staff. This is true of our hope team as a whole. We want people who own the mission, who own the vision, who own the department, the ministry that they're a part of. Renters will just come in and cycle out. Owners will care. You know about this. If you've ever rented property, you don't really care. (laughs) Like you're not treating it like it's yours because it's only yours for a season. But if you own it, you have a greater level of care, a greater level of passion, a greater level of commitment to it. If, If I like knock a hole in my wall on a house that I own, like, I want it done right. Ooh. I don't know how to do it right, but I, I want it done right. If I'm renting, I don't care what happens. Like, just, just make it look fine. It just needs to be good enough. So every single one of us, what we want is we want ownership within the team that we lead in the group that we're a part of. So if you own it, okay, if you have people, your team, they own what they're a part of. They will show up early. They will stay late. They will come up with new ideas. They will think in their non-work time about how to make it better. They will do what is needed in order to make it right. If they're renters, if they don't have that sense of ownership, you will notice your team talks a lot about, hey, what, what time do I have to get here? What time can we lead? What are the 
expectations. And I don't mean that in a bad thing to go like, yes, no. you should be clear on expectations, but there's a whole nother level of, I want to figure out what is what is minimally required of me in order to keep my job. And so those are the most common questions. They'll treat it like a job, not a cause. They don't care about long-term health or sustainability because to them, it's just a job. Now, I spoke about that from kind of like an employer leader perspective. The other side is this in terms of why ownership is so important. No one wants just a job. <laughs> no one wants something that they just come into, put in the minimal required effort and leave. Like a third of your life is spent at your workplace. It is awful to spend a third of your life about something that you have no emotion towards, no passion towards. Now, this isn't just true of jobs. This is true of everything, okay? And ownership is important. Ownership is best for the leader. Ownership is best for the team member. Ownership is best across the board. So why aren't you getting ownership? Why do you have renters, not owners? Why are you so commonly frustrated with people who don't care about it the level that you care about it and they just seem like they're walking in and walking out and don't care about the long-term impact? It's really simple. Imagine it like this. Imagine your idea, your initiative, your company, your church, whatever it is. Imagine like you could sell stock in that, like publicly traded stock that people could buy in shares, buy in ownership of what it is. And the reason why you're not getting buy-in is because you own all the stock. <laughs> like if you own a hundred percent of it, there's no room for them to own any of it. And you go, wait, what? <laughs> is it that simple? It's that simple. Like if you have complete ownership and control around every idea, every decision, every direction, and every initiative, then there is no room for someone else to have any ownership. The reason why others don't own it is because you own all of it. And the moment in which you enable them to start owning some of it is the moment in which you'll see that ownership increases and you have less renters in what you're a part of. So let me talk about it uh, in terms of my home and then I'll give a couple other examples real quickly. So like when I tell my kids what they have to do, you go, oh, it works in the family. It works in the family. When I tell my kids what they have to do, they don't care. So I'll say, you need to go clean your room because we're at that age with our children. You need to go clean the, your room. And three different times they will come back and they'll say, is it done? And I'll go, no, it's not done. You haven't done this and this and this over and over again. Is it done? Is it done? If I give them a job, they will do the bare minimum that won't get them in trouble. <laughs> but if I tie it, I know this sounds like ridiculous. No, like, but it's so true. Oh my it's goodness. Ridiculously it's ridiculously true. so true. And then here's the, VJ. can I talk about just what's really, really stupid about all this? Yes. Is to go like, please do. Like I, I have been leading for almost all of my life. Yeah. And this is like we teach what we're learning on leadership. So we're we're teaching leadership in this. And how quickly I don't look at things through a leadership lens. Yeah. And I just go, well, just do it because yeah. I told you to do it. But if, if I have their cleaning of their room tied to an allowance that now they have investment in and they've clarified what a clean room looks like, so they decide their expectations in advance and they've also determined the rewards for having their room clean – 
I don't have to remind them 12 times nope. to get it done or what's done because now they have ownership as a part of it. So I want to say, yes, big vision matters for creating ownership. Yes, good communication matters for creating ownership. These things matter, but creating opportunity for people to own it matters more than everything else. So it comes down to this choice. Do I want complete control or do I want buy-in? Do I want complete autonomy and decision-making authority on every single thing, or do I want other people to own it? Because that's really what it comes down to. Which do you want? Because if you make every decision, you'll have renters. If you decide every direction, you'll have renters. But if you give opportunity for people to make decisions, to contribute their voice, and to determine where you're going, you'll create ownership because you don't own all of it. You've allowed them to own some of it. So a uh, quick breakdown on this, and this is maybe a poor example of how we do this. So first off, people most of the time um, from outside our church are shocked at what things I do not decide and not just what things I do not decide, which things I actually have no clue as to what's taking place. And they're like, well, why don't we do this? And I'll just go, I don't decide that. And they'll look at me like, hey, well, you could decide that. I could but I don't yeah. because I'd rather have owners. Yeah. Like I would rather. And so, yes, yes, I could impose my will in this area and say, no, no, this is my authority to make this decision. So this is how it's going to be. But as soon as I start doing that, I've taken ownership from someone else. And if I take that percentage of stock back, if we can use that language, if I go from I own 20% to now when I don't like it, now I own 60%. Oh, that's not good. It's, it's going to be hard for me to give that back. Yeah. It's going to be hard for them to want to buy in. So here's an example of a time that we did this in a time in which I needed to fully own the decision. So, uh, man, two years ago, man, it just gets further and further. We knew we needed to go to a third service. We need to figure out when. Now, I, I want to be clear. I need to own that decision. Yeah. Like I need to have full ownership of that decision because if it doesn't go well, that's on me. And at Beaver Creek, we go, we need to have this third service. And so we gave multiple opportunities for people to inject their voice into the decision to the point that we actually held a full-fledged debate with a judge and a jury, and we split up on different teams, and our options were three on Sunday morning, two Sunday morning, one Sunday night, two Sunday morning, one Saturday night, and two Sunday morning, one Thursday night. So we split up our staff evenly on teams. We had people fight it out. Yep. When we fought it out, I don't even remember what, like, we came to the conclusion of, Oh, we still don't know. Yeah. But I needed to create an environment because if I just walked in and said, all right, here's the decision this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm confident of. It would have failed. Yeah. Because only I would have owned it. And so I needed to, even though I needed to be the one at the end of the day to actually make the decision. I needed to be able to create as much ownership within the process, not for the appearance of ownership. That's yeah. so important. I wasn't trying to create this arbitrary sense of, well, now you kind of own it because you got to inject your voice, but I'm going to go back and just make the decision that I wanted to make all along. Yeah. Okay. I needed to enlist the entire team and pass off the ownership of the idea and the implementation so that when the decision was made, we all did own it at the end of the day. Yeah. 
Uh, I think I think it'd be helpful if we got into just the difference because I think this applies to a lot of people when they're trying to make decisions. It's going to to invest, not cost. Yes. Invest in where your company or where your organization is going. For a church, adding a third service is a big deal. Massive. It's and so uh, maybe some information on breaking that down because now you're you're taking and it can't be stacked on what you're already doing because it wouldn't for us it couldn't. Yeah, because we knew that wouldn't reach our target audience. Like it wouldn't reach the people that we're called to as a church to reach. Yeah, and so it couldn't be stacked on top, which would have been the easiest for us, yeah. right? Stacked on top meaning just doing three in a row on Sunday. Thank you. And so the the, the real difficult of creating that time was now we're calling in a whole segment of unpaid people. Yes, <laughs> known as volunteers. Yeah, to come in and sacrifice another part of their week. Mm-hmm. Up to four hours, depending on what team they serve on, yeah. right? And give that to the church. So the difficulty was, how do we do that in all of it? So that's why it was so important for you to make everybody uh, get into a room and fight it out and decide yeah. together because of the massive amounts of hard uh, decision-making that would come from that. And I think so much of this comes back to the idea that like, we get this, um, I don't want to say misnomer, we get this uh, false assumption within there that... Um, that the idea is more important than the implementation. Yeah. And I'll talk to people that they think they should be a leader because they have great ideas. Mm. I just be blunt. Like that means nothing. Like it does. It means absolutely nothing because great ideas will come from anywhere. The implementation of that idea and being able to execute it is where the skill is. Yeah. And so if you're not creating ownership at every level of your organization and that's not what's on your mind, You'll have thousands of ideas that will go absolutely nowhere yeah. <laughs> because no one owns it. That's really good note. Good intentions are still just intentions. Yeah. And uh, if we don't, leadership starts with actually implementation and being able to pull people together to do that. Um, talking about what, let's, just, let's go back to what you said right from the get-go, which I thought was brilliant. Buy-in is the shared ownership of an idea or initiative. Yeah. Um, Talk about, uh, not to take too much of a turn here, but talk about the difference between a a person who uh, wants to own something, but to have ownership in something, and something, I'm making up a word here. Okay. The difference between that person and the person that wants to have take overship. Ooh, say it again. I like that. Take overship. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to take this over and I want to do what I want to do. Because people get those confused. I own this. I'll yeah. do what I want to do because I think it's right, but it doesn't have a shared uh, uh, idea or initiative. Yeah, There's uh, a difference there, and people sometimes get those confused. Bring me back if you feel like I didn't hit on this sure. enough. It, it is the idea that the leader is – the reason why the leader is the leader is because they're not looking at the thing that everyone else is looking at. That's good. Say? Yeah, so like write where, that down. Can you say that again? <laughs> the reason why the leader is the leader is because they're not looking at the thing that everyone else is that's looking really at. Good. And they're not looking at – they're looking at the thing that drives it, not the thing that's obvious. So you go like where everyone else is looking at the growth, the leader is obsessed about the culture. Okay, where everyone else looks at the game, the leader is looking at how you practice. In this sense, where everyone else is looking at the idea, the leader is already looking at implementation and execution. And so whenever things aren't going well, whenever things aren't going how you want to, the tendency of the person who is in the position of leadership without the skill of leadership is they want to come in and tell everyone, well, this is how it needs to be. Do it right. Yeah. They go, you've. 
you've just completely taken all the ownership from the team. Right. And now they're going to do what you said, and that is what they're dependent upon for the rest of the time. Yeah. Just doing what you said. Yeah. The leader understands if things aren't going well, I need to either come in and maybe something was off. So, like, when I'm at my worst is when something isn't going well, and I'll acknowledge this, I want to come in and just say, well, let me just tell you where you're wrong. Yeah. Because I feel like I know. But there is not a single person in our entire church, and I don't believe there's anyone anywhere who goes, you know what I really want to do? I want to do a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> it would be awesome if I did a bad job. I assume if someone did a bad job, I need to have the perspective that says, if you did a bad job, it means I led poorly. Yeah. Either you didn't have the information you needed on the front end, you didn't have the skills you needed in the process, or you don't care enough about it. And if you don't care enough about it, it is partially my responsibility to help give you ownership of that so you can have more passion in it. Yeah. yeah. So the take overship yeah. is what the dictator does, not the leader does. Yeah. And it's focused on short-term results, not long-term impact. That's fantastic. Ooh, that's a good word too. We should um, retitle this to take overship. <laughs> you want that's to good. take overship? Uh, oh, see, that is so good. <laughs> yeah. So moving back into the, the, the this actual buy-in thing, how do how do great leaders accelerate buy-in? How do they uh how do they cuz that's the thing that gets the our wheel of momentum yep, yep, moving yep, 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 yep. is buy-in, right? Buy-in yeah. to create the, the we don't need to go on that, but it's a whole other podcast. But yeah. the, the wheel of momentum which everyone's looking to, for the rock to already be rolling. That's yeah. the goal, not to just always have to be pushing the rock. The rock is always need to be rolling, yep. and it's easier to push because it's already going. You got momentum. But what is our job to create an accelerated buy-in? That's good. Um, so, like things we've already talked about, uh, we have a value here of give the keys away. Yeah, and to say we want to pass off ownership. Uh, we talked a number of episodes ago. I loved it. We talked about pass the marker. Yeah, of like that's an initial step. Uh, go back and watch the episode. I don't remember which yep. number it was. We'll put it in the we'll notes. Put it in the notes. But to say, hey, pass the marker. Find easy ways to give people ownership in there. Um, if I could just share, this is what I told our team like Monday, is we do a rally at eight thirty. I said by the end of the month, I don't want to hear anyone who typically talks talking at the it's rally. Good. It's good. And to say, so part of my role is not to just give ownership. So right, I, I said people yep. are shocked when they realize the decisions that I don't make right. and things that I'm not going to impose because I value ownership over my opinion. Right. Hang there. Yep. I value ownership over my opinion in there. I trust the team more than I do just my perspective on there. And so it's not just my responsibility to make sure that I am passing off that level of ownership, but to ensure that those who I'm passing it off to are passing it off. That's great. And to say, hey, listen, I'm not talking at our rally. I, I never speak at our rally. I've passed that off to other people because I, I want them to have ownership over the vision. And now we're at a spot where I'm going, you better start letting other people speak <laughs> because other people other than you need ownership over the vision and that needs to be driven deeper than just one level. Man, that is a powerful. I cannot wait to make a graphic for that. <laughs> I, I am pumped for that one. I'm, I value the team ownership more than my opinion. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that is, that's good stuff. Um, the only thing I have left to ask you is um, – is you said buy-in is a passion for the cause or a commitment to the people around them. Talk more about that and what you mean by that passion for people. Yeah, um, I want I want people to own 
not just what the ministry is, but who it serves. That's great. Most importantly, I want them to have ownership over not process, but people, names, faces, stories. That's great. Because something something changes when it's personal. It's just the reality. Something changes when it's personal. And I want them to have that level. Of, now, that level of ownership, I could just that's really hard. Right. Because we want to really ask, is. what's the job? And more important than what the job is and what the expectations are, who does it serve and why does it matter so much? That's good. That's all we've got time for today. Episode 105, why you're not getting buy-in or takeovership, whatever you want to call it. Takeovership. Wrap it up for us, Kevin. Uh, The control freak creates no ownership. If you want buy-in, you need to give people something to own. If you own all the stock, don't be surprised when you have no ownership. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you for joining us today uh, and taking time out of your busy schedules to be with us today. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed, it means the world to us if you did that. Now, also post about it, rate and review. You won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you. We love hearing your stories. If you've got a story, hey, just shoot that to us at leadinghope.online and we'll get that out. We'd love to share that with other people as well. Uh, And we would love to hear from you anytime. So uh, just send us a note there as well. And remember, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader. Make it count.